Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. Lord, we just uh, we thank you this morning uh, that we come together. We get to um, listen to your word. We get to hear your word, and we get to hear a message uh, for you uh, and of you. Lord, we just uh, we pray that um, this message speaks to us. That, that your power be in this. That your lessons for us, your wisdom and discernment, uh, be for us this morning. Uh, teach us what you have for us today. That we take it with us. Um, and that it helps us on our journey and getting closer with you. Uh, Lord, I pray that this message be yours and not my own. Um, use me as your vessel, as your teaching vessel today to myself and to everyone uh, on this call and listening uh, later. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. All right. Get that sip of coffee in. Let's start our day out right. And let's get going. Genesis 28, I'm reading out of the New King James as I typically do. All right, verse one. Then Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him and said to him, you shall not take a wife from the daughters of Canaan. Arise, go to <clears throat> Padam Aram, to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father and take yourself a wife from there of the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. Verse three, may God Almighty bless you, make you fruitful. Excuse me, all right. Uh, verse three, may God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you, that you may be an assembly of peoples and give you the blessing of Abraham to you and to your descendants with you, that you may inherit the land in which you are a stranger, which God gave to Abraham. Verse five. So eight. So Isaac sent Jacob away, and he went to Padan Aram, to Laban, the son of Bethel, the Syrian, the brother of Rebekah, the mother of Jacob and Esau. Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him away uh, to Pada Aram and made himself a wife from there. And that, that, as he blessed him, gave him a charge saying, you shall not take a wife from the daughters of Canaan. And that Jacob had obeyed his father and his mother and had gone to Pada Aram. Also, Esau saw that the daughters of Canaan did not please his father, Isaac. So Esau went to Ishmael and took Mahalath, the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son, the sister of Nebajah, excuse me, to be his uh, wife in addition to the wives he had. We'll kind of get into a little bit of 
uh, Esau's actions there. Um, verse 10, now Jacob went from uh, Beersheba and went toward Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of the place and put it at his head. And he laid down on that place to sleep. Then he dreamed and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth and its top reached to heaven. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and excuse me, and to the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put at his head, set it up as a pillar, and poured oil on top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of that city had been Uz or Luz uh, previously. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and keep me in this way that I am going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone, which I have set as a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. The word of the Lord. All right, we see a lot going on in this, a little bit of the aftermath between um, Jacob and Esau, uh, you know, in regards to the birthright and the blessing um, being passed down. And actually, if we see this and kind of remember back that Rebecca had gotten a word of, from the Lord and saying that the older shall serve the younger. God foresaw already this playing out in what was to happen between the two sons of Rebekah here um, and telling, you know, and Isaac loved Esau the most. Um, as parents, we shouldn't have a favorite, but let's be honest, sometimes there are. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, I think even as uh, if you grew up, you probably played or knew either you know, my parents favored me or whatever. Like I always looked at and said, my brother, like, oh, he got away with murder. But, I, you know, I got like the majority of the punishment of anything. And like, so they just favored the baby, right? Or whatever. But it, you saw that kind of playing out in these two. Um, and it was very evident. I mean, it was like, they blatantly, like Rebecca loved Jacob and uh, Isaac loved Esau. And you just saw this favoritism between the parents. Um, 
but God's will will be done. God's will will be done regardless of what's going on. Now, of course, theologically, you can really get into the debate. Did God force this to happen through his sovereignty, or did he just allow it having forbearance of what was to come? Um, did he just allow it and still his will was done regardless of what people would say? Honestly, it, you know, I, I believe in a, in a good mix. We do have free will. We have will to make, uh, to, to do what we want. But regardless, our God is so powerful. Our God is so wonderful. And our God is so knowledgeable that guess what? No matter what we do, his will is still going to be accomplished regardless. And uh, because we just, we can't, don't think you can outsmart God. Don't think you can outsmart God. That's so many people think that they can outsmart God out and uh, challenge him. And it's just like, you don't understand. Like he, you're still playing into his hands. You're still do is still going, his will will be accomplished regardless. Um, and so we see that being played out here. We see that what Rebecca heard from the Lord is being played out and that the older will serve the younger. And so Isaac gives the full blessing to him that we saw in the last chapter and here is where now he gives him the charge of go take a wife but don't get a canaanite and canaan wife right the whole point of that is uh, is a level and an understanding of spiritual purity um here at this time we have to take it into context that god is doing something very special God is doing something very special in starting and building his nation, the nation of Israel that will be his people. And there's got to be a level of purity within that and that the Canaanites were worshiping other gods. All of these other groups of people were worshiping other gods. So he, he was in making sure that his people were going to have a level of purity in there. And it's to give us an understanding of how important purity is in our lives as well. That's why, it, you know, it says don't be unequally yoked. This would be an unequally yoked situation if, um, if Jacob was to take on a wife that was unpure, it was not, it was worshiping other gods, was not, of. if you look at it, it was not really about race or anything. It was about at this time, a religion or the spiritual understanding of who God is. Canaanites weren't worshiping God. Canaanites were worshiping other gods and going a completely different way. And so you don't want to be unequally yoked. This is all about who God is and that your home is worshiping God. Like there's goodness when we see that a home, not just a wife, not just the husband, but the whole home is worshiping the Lord. If there's equal yokeness in there, there's equal understanding, there's equal challenge and, and devotion to the Lord within your home. There's many people on this call that, you, you know, you can kind of attest to this, that there's some, there's amazingness when the whole home comes under the understanding that in this house, we will serve the Lord and the power that comes with that cannot be measured. 
It just can't be measured in your own home. The, the amount of blessing when both the whole, when all members in that house understand and worship the Lord. And so understand that this call to not marry a, a Canaan woman is all about spiritual purity and what God is doing at this time at the beginning to rise up a pure nation. And so, and this kept going. This was part of the covenant, if you will, in a, in a way of what he was doing. And Esau had already messed it up. We even see when we go to verse six in that area where Esau then, it was like too little, too late, bro. Like, hey, you had already kind of gone and did what you wanted to do. It, in that Esau had already taken other wives. He took Canaan, uh, Canaanite wives already. So that's why the Lord is working through Jacob. Jacob had not taken a wife at all at this point. Now, yes, there was some trickery and everything else going on to where Jacob got the blessing, mother's influence, and the whole um, sheepskin and soup ordeal that we heard in the last chapter. But Esau had already kind of messed up what God had planned. Esau was like, I'll just take any wife. And as you see in the end of verse 9, that he took a <clears throat> non-Canaan wife, a wife that was pleasing to Isaac, but he did it too late. This was a new wife that he was adding to the addition to the wives he already had. He had already kind of tainted the soil, if you will, in what he was doing in his life. Too often, we kind of do that when we just go about and want to do our own thing, our own ways, wanting to go about our own plan and what is pleasing within our own view. And we realize that we messed things up, but it took too long and too little and sometimes too late in our lives. We've all had situations where we look back and go, man, why did I not realize what I was really doing? Why did I not realize that that was actually a bad thing in my life when it felt and looked so good at the time? Esau kind of dealt with this issue here. Just in just seeing like, oh, well, oh, that's what my father wanted. Oh, that I didn't I didn't listen. I was he was too worried about his own feelings. We saw back that he was so worried about his own feelings that he was willing to give up his birthright for a bowl of soup because he was, oh, what is what is I'm going to I'm going to die. What is a birthright to me? And then he has a bowl of soup and he's miraculously healed. There's no miracle in that. Homie was just too tired and too stupid to realize what was going on. He was too, like, in his feelings, if you will. He was too, oh, I worked so hard, I'm going to die, I'm famished. And we all know these overdramatic people in our lives. There's overdramaticness that's going on, and it's just like, oh, there's so much drama. Oh, what am I going to do? Uh, calm down. Have a bowl of soup. Chill out. Right. So next time somebody is overdramatic in your life, tell them, calm down, have a bowl of soup. Let's chill out. 
right? In the army, we used to say, drink water, take a knee. Drink water, take a knee. So any if any of my military brothers and sister are on here, maybe you're laughing at that one. But, you know, in, in our context here, tell your overdramatic brothers and sisters, have a bowl of soup, calm down and sit down. <laughs> because we see that sometimes when we get overly indulged in our feelings, we make poor, poor choices that unfortunately God allows us to live out those consequences in our lives. So may we not be too involved in our feelings as we go through all of this. But Jacob's not without sin in this either, though. He, he kind of knew what mom was asking in the last chapter of, well, let's just put the skin on to make you feel as hairy as your brother and kind of deceive your father, Isaac, in getting the blessing to you. And we saw all of that being played out. And Jacob went along with what mom told him to do. This is, you know, and this is kind of that where some people get a little mixed up in the, well, you need to honor your, thy father and thy mother. Yes, but if you know something's wrong, something's wrong. But it happened. Jacob got the blessing. Jacob got all of the inheritance the, of what Isaac had passed down to him. And here we see him being set forth and set out to go then fulfill that and go gather a wife. This is actually the last time that uh, Jacob will see his parents. That this is, this is it for them. Uh, as far as having contact. And Jacob moves out. We see that going on, Jacob then <clears throat> excuse me, Jacob had sinned in lying to his father. Jacob had sinned in being able to swindle and get the blessing and the birthright. Jacob had listened to his mother, even though he probably knew it was wrong. And though sin may cause a separation between us and God, sin may cause a separation from our relationship with Jesus, we need to understand that sin is not more powerful than God, though. Sin is not more powerful than God. Our sin is not going to stop God's will. For what was made to be used for evil, God will turn it for good. So even if you've messed up, even if you've been that dramatic person that needs to be sitting down and having a bowl of soup, maybe if you've been that one that has been coerced to lie and cheat before or you felt that that was the only way in a situation, or whatever the sin is in your life that either you've had to deal with, that you still feel shameful about, or that maybe is going on in your life now, realize that God is still greater than your sin. God's will is not thwarted. God's will is not going to go away. God's will is not going to diminish because of your sin. God's will is still going to prevail because God is greater. 
because of these sins, because of all of these things that have happened, God's will still was made to happen, and Christ came and died for all of our sins. God's will has always been for relationship and salvation for his people. Realize that we cannot thwart his will. We can kind of push things off. We can kind of maybe not follow what he has for us as individuals, but overall, God's will, God's plan will always be accomplished because he is greater. But the question is, are you going to be a part of it? That's ultimately the question is, are you going to finally succumb and be a part of it? And that's where we kind of now see where Jacob goes and he's on his way to fulfill what his father has said and taken what his father wanted for him and moved on. But here is where he gets the full understanding in a dream from the Lord. He really, ultimately, if you think about it, Jacob had seen all of this and he, he was like, great, I get the blessing. Great, I'm the younger son, which wasn't supposed to happen, uh, according to his father, that the older was supposed to get the blessing. He got it. He moved on. But here's where he gets the ultimate sense of why this is happening. It's not because of Isaac's will, but for the Lord's will. And he sets up, homie gets his rock-hard pillow and lies down and goes to sleep. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, this is verse 13, I am the Lord. And he dreams of the ladder, right? And he sees angels going up and down and the Lord stood above it. And he said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and <clears throat> the God of Isaac, the land on which... I lie, I will give to you and your descendants. He's seeing that the covenant and the promise of the Lord is going to be fulfilled through him. He's getting a bigger, deeper understanding of what is going on and what God has for him in his life. Why all of this is passed down, why the blessing was given to him is because the blessing was for a purpose. We need to understand that blessings given to us are not for us to just sit there and swim in and love and enjoy. Our blessings are for a purpose. Our blessings are to continue and bless others. The, our God doesn't just bless us because we're so awesome. Jacob had sit there and sinned and lied to get to where he's at, but God is still blessing him because it's for God's purposes. It's for God's glory. It's not for his. He's being used as a vessel for it. And his eyes are being opened so that he can be seen what actually God is doing. He sees this ladder and these angels coming up and down. He sees how God is standing there and he's repeating the covenant in which was given to him, his father Isaac, 
and his grandfather, Abraham. The covenant is repeated. The covenant stands. The promise doesn't go away. The promise isn't just for a generation. The promises of God are for generations. This is also where and why we can say certain things about God and how those promises back then still matter today is because God's promises don't just wither away with one person's life. God is greater than all of that. God is, his promises are there regardless of the generation. And so we see this promise being held up and moved forward. We get to see how God's character is better and greater than even our sin, than even our issues and our mistakes, than even what we thought we wanted, than even what we planned. God is still greater and God's promises will come to pass. Verse 15, behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done that I have spoken to you. We see that this sets up, and we, and we know the future history, right? We know that at a certain point, the nation of Israel is grown they, uh, from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob's seed, that the whole nation becomes a much grander and bigger people, but they become enslaved in Egypt and they are brought back when Moses frees them from the uh, Egyptian slavery and brings them back to this land. We see that promise. We see that happening, <clears throat> being set up again through Jacob here. The question is, is, are we realizing the promises of God in our lives? Are we realizing what God has promised? And are we jumping on board with God's way, God's will, God's promises? Or are we still trying to do it how we want it, how we need to look at it, how it looks like we have to have it done? Because too often we think, God has to answer my needs in this way. And if it's not done this way, I'm not going to be happy. I don't, I don't see how it can happen. We've all said this and we've all heard this. I don't know how this can happen. I don't know how this could happen. But story after story, week after week, we see stories all the time that somebody said, I don't know how this happened, but it did. I don't know how things happened. But they did. And God was faithful. And God provided. And God healed. And God blessed. And God guided. So many people and so many blessings in so many ways. And in ways that nobody could ever understand. In ways that nobody could ever foresee. In ways that nobody could have dream of. And things where it's like, this is a miracle. How on earth did this happen? Nobody ever believed that this would happen, but it did. We see stories like this over and over and over. 
don't just ask me. Go talk to Pastor Jose. Go talk to Pastor Sean. We talk about them all the time. We get stories all the time. We share change life stories every week across the staff all the time. And we see it all the time, how God's blessings, God's promises, and God's will is done every day. But are you willing to maintain and stay in his plan and his presence? And we see that Jacob woke up from his sleep in verse 16 and said, surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. Now, there's one thing that Jacob kind of gets wrong in his pro proclamation here is that he think, he kind of really thinks that God is only in one area. That, he, that God is more present in one area than another. And honestly, let me tell you, God is equally everywhere. We just have the idea that, oh, I just, I feel God's presence more when I go to church. Guess what? God's presence is just as thick in your house as he is in the worship center at Fusion Church. But here's the deal. Here's the difference. You're tuning in and pressing in at the worship center more than you are at home, if you feel that way. Now, I know there's other people on this call and be like, uh-uh, God is up in my living room all the time. And we got people in this Zoom right now that are like, God is present so thick in my living room. God is so present in my kitchen. I know in my kitchen, my oven is anointed because the stuff that Gabby pulls out of there has absolutely got Holy Ghost on it. I'm telling you right now. And so I'm, I know that God is present everywhere. It's how much are you dialed in to actually feel and understand his presence? He is equally everywhere. The only difference is, are we tuned in or are we not? There's times where we, we are intentional. When we go to church, we're intentionally focused. We're intentionally going in and go, I'm going to get my worship on today so I can get my week started right on Sunday and all of that good stuff. But guess what? You can do the same thing on a Tuesday. You can do the same thing on a Thursday in the middle of the afternoon. You can do the same. You can go in your car and your truck or whatever in the middle of work during your lunch break and go, I am pressing in right now. I'm getting rid of the distractions. I'm getting rid of all the garbage. I'm getting, I'm pushing away whatever the garbage my boss just told me. And I don't want to hear because that fool don't know what he's talking about or whatever. And you're just going to press in to the Lord at that time. God can be anywhere just as thick as any place you have been before when you tune in when you dial in you'll get that frequency and the lord will be made evident he's already there and here we see jacob saying wow i the the lord is in this place and i did not know it Here's the thing. If you want to feel that the Lord is there, you need to first know that the Lord is there. There's two different things where we know certain things, right? I know it's raining outside. I don't feel it because I'm inside and I'm getting, I'm not getting wet, but it's raining outside right now. I can hear it. I know it. It's a fact. I know the Lord is in this room right now. May I feel it? 
Maybe it's the coffee. Maybe it's a little extra caffeine. I don't know. But I do know God is here because the, his word, his promises tell me he is everywhere. So are you dialing in? Are you pressing in? Are you saying, Lord, speak to me? Lord, here's what's going on. Are you praying? Are you pressing in? Are you pushing away the distractions? Because that's what happens is we have allow too many other things to distract us and get rid of this idea that we're not tuned in and we don't get to feel the presence of the Lord. And when we don't feel it too often, we go, eh, he's not here. He's not with me. He's abandoned me. We need to know. We need to know, like facts in an encyclopedia, like, I don't know, some of you probably have no idea what an encyclopedia is. And, and I know Doug and I do, right? <laughs> we remember old Encyclopedia Britannica, right? That was the, that, before Wikipedia, but whatever. We need to know, like facts. We need, like gravity is here, right? I don't see anybody floating, all right? So gravity is here. We know that. We know God is here. Let me tell you this. If gravity is there, God's there. It's plain and simple. But sometimes we're not tuned in all the time. And if somebody's watching from space, God's still there too. <laughs> God is everywhere. And that's the one thing that Jacob kind of got wrong where he was like, oh, this is, the, this is the place. No, this is the place that God said for his promise that his people will go to. But it doesn't take away that God is everywhere. If God was only there, how would he go with Jacob anywhere else? How would God know about all the other places if God's not everywhere? But then Jacob rose early in the morning and he took the stone that he had put in his head. And uh, this is verse 18 and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel with the name. Of, <clears throat> excuse me. And then uh, verse 20. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and keep me in this way that I am going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I come back to my father's house and place, then the Lord shall be my God. Here's the only thing with that is that you kind of see this little level of, well, if God does this for me, then he can be my God. As if like it's a trial run. Don't do this to God. He's This is kind of the funny thing that he gets a vision from the Lord so evident. But then he's like, well, if you feed me and provide for me as and when I go this way, then then you can be my God. As if we give God a trial run, as if there's like a, a tryout for God to be worthy enough of our praise. Guess what? He's already worthy enough of our praise because he already gave us the, the air in our lungs so that we can even speak in the first place. I was telling a friend of mine this, um, actually last summer we were on a trip and he reminded me of it because he said it was so impactful on him. And I said, we are all physically on life support right now. Every one of us, if you are breathing right now, you did not create that air for you to breathe. You did not create that. 
God created the system in which oxygen could be on this earth for us to breathe. God created all of that. We are on his life support right now. God's already worthy of our praise. God's worthy of our praise every day, every second, every breath that you take. Don't do that to God. We need to set up a pillar and pour oil on it just because we're even breathing. He's that good. And we see kind of a setup here of one of the first times that a specific tenth is given to him in honor because of who he is. And then he set up a pillar and shall be God's house. This is verse 22. And of all that you give me, I shall surely give you a tenth. The only thing wrong here is that Jacob put that God has to do X, Y, Z for me to do X, Y, Z. Guess what? God's already put breath in your lungs. God's already given you wisdom. God's already given you a brain to be able to think and do. God's already given us so much. There is no test. May we always honor and worship him. May we always sacrifice and give towards him so that we can have a good relationship and a solid relationship with him because he is already worthy. May we realize that no matter where we go, God is there. That he will keep you. He will for, uh, never forsake you. And that he will accomplish his promises and his will. But realize it's not about you. And here Jacob kind of made it a little bit about him was saying, if God does this, then he can be my God. Realize it's not about you. It's about God's will because he is so amazing. But his will is for you, though. The whole premise of God's will is for you, but it's not about you. It's about how the care, it's about the character of God and how good he is. So let's praise him today. Let's worship him today. Set aside the distractions and realize that he is with you wherever you go. And he'll never forsake you. Because he does love you. And he sent his only son to die for your sins today. So let's worship the Lord today. And let's pray. Lord, we just thank you this morning for your word. We just thank you for this is a crazy story that just lets us know that regardless of issues and circumstances that go on in, in lives, that your will will be accomplished, that your will is perfect, and that you are our God. May we not put a test in front of you. May we not uh, put some kind of audition in front of you to be our God, that we realize that you are our God and that you are everywhere, that you are with us in our car, you are with us at our job, you are with us uh, in, in our kitchen, or our living rooms, and you are definitely with us when we can congregate together on Sundays. 
Lord, you are with us everywhere we go. May we set aside distractions and focus on you at times. May we hear from you. May we get wisdom and discernment from you and how we are to live our lives to be on board for your will, Lord. May we continue to give you praise because you are worthy of it. Thank you for the air in our lungs so that we can praise your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.